Hello and welcome to another edition of Wager Vision on this fine hope day. Uh, we're going to be recapping the events that were last weekend. The NFL is crazy. How are the guys doing? I am Boomer, on, and you can find me on Twitter at LiveWithBoomer or at TCB. And right now, Jared, hopefully we'll be hopping on here pretty soon. But right now with me, as always, Cam. How you doing, Cam? I'm doing great. As you said, week three of the NFL was absolutely nuts. The dogs were making money left and right, so if you had a lot of plus money, uh, you did well. I did okay. We'll get into that soon, but uh, like you said, I'm Cameron. You can follow me on Twitter, at Cameron Covers, and excited about jumping into these games here. Hopefully, we can find some winners. Yeah, uh, that would be nice. Uh, For me, college football has been actually great, and usually it's the other way around. I'm really good at NFL, and I'm kind of somewhat cold in the college, but right now I'm doing really good in college and not so great in the NFL. Um, last week, I went a solid one in four. I mean, talk about an all-time stud, stud performance. You just got the one. Good. At least you got the one. Yeah, yeah just, not, just not good. Haven't been good. Uh, but my college football picks I gave out did really good. Uh, some other ones I picked throughout the week weekend did pretty good. Uh, but NFL is just a dagger. How about you? How did your picks go? Yeah, I went two and three last week. I lost Jacksonville, San Fran, and New England. And then I covered the spread with New Orleans, the outright win, and Baltimore, the win as well. But tons of upsets on the board last week. The Giants marching into Houston as six-point dogs. They send Bill O'Brien and the Texans to 0-3. My Buffalo Bills, I tried to tell you, they had a chance. They blew out Minnesota. I didn't predict the win, but I thought they had a good chance to cover the 17-point spread. Saints won into Atlanta, Tennessee over Jacksonville. My Redskins, 31-17, hosting Green Bay. Pittsburgh on Monday night beating Tampa Bay. And then the Detroit Lions holding Tom Brady to just 133 yards through the air. They were all over Rob Gronkowski all night. Absolutely crazy. Tons of upsets last week. Yeah, that game was crazy. Uh, I know it's got people reeling right now, wondering if New England's done, even though I've heard it many of other times over this 18-year run. So I'm not going to say it's over till it's over, but I do think that they will struggle to win more than 10 games this year. I think that 10 is their max win on the year. Um, so I don't I don't remember what the over under. I'm pretty sure it was higher than that for season win total. I think it was like 11. So if they don't get yeah. to that, that really that really hurts for a lot of people. But the Rams are looking as awesome as I thought they would be, and that will kick off this Thursday tomorrow's Thursday night football. Vikings Rams. Vikings got blown out by the Bills. Do you think Vikings coming into this Thursday night football still both both teams kind of riddled with injuries? What do you like, and do you think seven is too much? I am staying completely away from this game. I'm just going to sit back on my couch, crack a beer, and watch this game, enjoy the football. There's just too much uncertainty. As he said, the Vikings getting blown out, not just failing to cover the 17-point spread, but getting blown out by the Bills, a rookie quarterback in Josh Allen. And so I, I have worries about the Vikings. I'm worried about their mentality. You know, I, The reason why I like the Bills in that game last week is I thought it was a look-ahead spot. The Vikings can pass the Bills, maybe, uh, you know, 
using some of their preparation time for the Rams. And I don't know, maybe their mindset's a little bit different after getting their, their butts whooped. And Rams have some injuries in the secondary. Keeps Leib is on IR, uh, injured reserve. So I have some questions about them, too. If I had to make a play, I, I would I would try and take the Rams at minus 6.5. I think there's a couple of those still out there because I think the Rams are a team this year where even if the number is inflated and you know it's too high, they might they might just cover a bunch of numbers this year. They might cover about 10 or 11 games. Looking at the Texans and the Joes, this is going to be a huge liability for the books if the Rams are able to cover 72% of the cash, 69% of the tickets all over the Rams. I'd have to lean that way, but I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the game. Do you have a pick in the game? I actually do not have a pick either, <clears throat> just because Vikings is a bounce-back week, even though they still got a lot of people injured. Rams, you don't know if Pierce is going to be able to play. You don't know if Tlaib is going to be able to or if they do if they're even 100%. Um, if I did, like if it was a bet game I had to bet, I would bet the Rams because I would bet a team like the Rams who's mm-hmm. hot, who's covered every game. I'd bet them until they, until they failed me. Uh, so for that reason, in that reason alone, if I had to, then I would take the Rams, but I don't like the game at all either. I don't like the over under at 49 either. Cause I'm not sure who is going to play. Uh, Everson Griffin for the Vikings is going nuts. So he's not playing like, so I don't, I don't know what's going to go on with that game at all. And it's such a short week. I think they should get rid of Thursday night football. I think it's terrible for the players. Um, but yeah, so I would lay away, even though this is a great matchup and it probably will be good to watch. The road team is 0-3 straight up and 0-3 against the spread. The road team on Thursday night football, these teams just don't have enough time to prepare and get their butts on a plane and get over there and play an NFL football game. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, agreement there. Um, The first game I got that's popped up on my list is a division leader versus a non-division leader that probably hasn't happened since like 2010-11, but it is the Dolphins 3-0 going on the road to the Patriots after a big loss, minus 6.5 at home, over under 48. What do you think about this game? I'm not taking this game. I'm not taking a pick in the contest either. I really want to take the Dolphins because I think they're kind of flying under the radar. I said before the season, I think their season win total is about seven. And if Miami finds a way to win about seven or eight games every single year, that being said, historically they've not played well in Foxborough. And I certainly can't bet the Patriots right now, not with the way they're moving the ball. Tom Brady had, what, 140 yards of uh, through the air last week. And I think – Adam Gaze is smart enough to, to look at the film from last week and say, hey, if, as long as we double-team Rob Gronkowski, the Patriots don't have a lot of play, playmakers on offense. So I can't bet this game. I would have to lean Patriots just because they're off of two consecutive losses. I'm sure there's some crazy stats out there, how good Belichick is in this spot. I mean, the guy is good in almost every spot, but uh, I, I just can't bet this game. Yeah, for me um... – uh, the Raiders look like in control of the Dolphins. New England defense last week looked like it was the worst thing that's ever been put on the field. They couldn't stop anything. <laughs> it was embarrassing. Like, Tom Brady didn't look good. 
Uh, you get Josh Gordon probably playing this week. Um, after such an embarrassment and everybody down on the Patriots and Dolphins happen to go up to Foxborough, I actually will have to go with a six and a half. I think the mm. Patriots bounce back big. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't put a ton of money on this. This isn't like a boomer guarantee or anything, but I, I still would have to pass. I like I like the Patriots uh, minus six and a half. I, I try and get it. Before, I think it might go to seven. I would rather it not be seven. Uh, but I, I would I would hop on the Patriots at minus six and a half. Sure. I, are they getting any of those receivers back? I know they're dealing with with injuries all over the place. The Patriots. I I, I just I would be worried about. You know, they don't have a lot of talent from the running back group, and it, it seems like Rob Gronkowski is really the key to their offense. If he's getting open, they can win. If he's not, the Patriots aren't as talented as they have been in the past couple of years. Yeah, I think uh, Sony Michelle now getting lots of playing time because Burkhead is out. I think he might end up surprising some people this week. I think he could be a really good mm-hmm. rookie. Um, so I think he could end up having a pretty big game and make a pretty decent season yet. Uh, I definitely could see that playing out. Um, the rest, I mean, they get Edelman back after this week. I'm guessing they're going to play Josh Gordon. I'm guessing they, they might have be hiding him. I think they kind of maybe just kept him hidden to bust him out in, against the division. I think they might be in for some plays that are just targeted straight for Josh Gordon, uh, especially if he gets going and then Gronk's going to open up. Um so if they can ever find out any way to get Josh Gordon in there, making any of the, even 80% of what he was the last time he played awesome, uh, that's going to leave Gronk without double coverage again. That's going to leave Gronk open, and that's going to make the New England offense, I think, hum uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, but we'll see if, if that's what they can do. Their defense is still going to be terrible. I think they're going to have to play shutouts for the whole – or, I mean, shootouts for the whole uh, season because I just don't see how it's going to get any better. It looked awful. They get no pass rush. There's – receivers open everywhere but that's kind of what happens with new england every now and then and then they shock you so who knows right let's say in the afc let's go to texans at colts colts open up at minus three the uh, the money has come in on the texans i don't know why the line's down to minus one and a half the total's 47 not picking this game not putting money on it if i had to play it i would go with the colts because i think they're flying in under the radar People are looking at their record. They're just one and two, but last week they go into Philadelphia and nearly have a chance. They have a chance to win. They lose 20 to 16. I think all questions about Andrew Luck's injury coming back from that arm injury have been answered. He looks good. He's pushing the ball down the field. I would like the Colts minus one and a half if I had to pick on the game. Uh, So for me, I actually love the over in this game. Both teams are desperate because they're both better than what their record states. Uh, the Houston needs a win. Bill O'Brien, I mean, he's looking at a very, very, very hot seat, if he even can sit on the seat, uh, if he's not fired after this, if they go 0-4. So you're going to see a really desperate Houston team really probably putting out all the works to try and win this game. Uh, Colts D isn't that great. Texans D I thought was going to be good. They have been horrendous. Uh, so I'm thinking tons of points. I love the over in this. I think it's going to be in the fifties for sure. Uh, so I, I feel more confident on the over than anything of the 47, but if I had to take a line, I'd take the Texans because I think they're in ultimate desperation mode. I think the Colts know that they're a better team that for sure know that they're a better team than one and two and that they should be two, two and one, maybe three or two and one. They probably weren't going to win that, uh, 
good game no matter what, but they should have won the first game of the year. They should probably be two and one. I think they're not worried about their season, and I think the Texans are. I think they're in desperation mode. They're not understanding why everything isn't clicking. Their defense has playmakers everywhere. Their offense has playmakers everywhere. They're not getting it to click. Bill O'Brien could be fired. I think you've got to go with the Texans here because I think the Colts are confident in what they're going to end up with at the end of the season, and the Texans are in disarray. Do you have any questions about Deshaun Watson, right? Second-year quarterback coming back from the injury. This season, you know, if he was drafted this year as a rookie, numbers not too bad, five touchdowns, three picks, 90 QBR. Not all that, not you, you know, nothing crazy there. I think what he's suffering from is we're comparing him to such a crazy rookie season he had with 19 touchdowns and eight interceptions last year, and he's coming off that injury. I don't know. I mean, wh- where do you place Deshaun Watson in the league? Is he is he top third, top half? Um, yeah, for me, I think a lot of it has to do with it's a lot of stuff. I think Carson Wentz will struggle for a little bit too. I mean, when you're dropping back, guys are on your legs. I think that knee gets in your head that's normally not there. And, and just that slight tiny bit of time is going to throw off kind of your game. I think he'll end up being fine. I think he's a great talent. Quarterbacks usually always have a sophomore slump for some reason. Uh, It's not very often that somebody, if they did have a great rookie year, doesn't have a bad year the next year. Uh, I mean, look at Dak Prescott. He's having two bad years afterwards, but um, you know, Cam Newton had a sophomore slump. It it just kind of happens. I think, you know, they, they need time now to adjust what the NFL has adjusted to them. And it takes a little bit of time. Plus, he's coming off an injury. I think he's going to be fine overall. Uh, I just think right now they're kind of pressing hard because they are they don't understand what's going on. So, I think Deshaun Watson is definitely a top third quarterback or top third of the league quarterback. Uh, I'm not too worried about him. I think somewhere they'll get it together and figure it out. I agree. I, I think that offense, that bad offensive line, you got that. You got that injury. You're coming off of. You get a little bit. Of, you get a little bit nervous. And Bill O'Brien, or I'm sorry, Romeo Crennel, the defensive coordinator. How is he not doing anything with some of these pass rushers he's got with Wide and Merciless and all these boys? Like he's got to be able to dial up some blitzes and get some stops in key situations. And it just doesn't appear to be going that way. Anyways, let's move on to a game. I actually have a pick on. Bengals at Falcons. Falcons are five, 52 the total. I think it's going to be a shootout. A lot of it is coming in on the Bengals, which surprised me. I, I try to be contrarian whenever I can. And I actually love Cincinnati here. I think this is too many points to give a good Cincinnati team against Atlanta's 30th-ranked defense. And adding on top of that, Atlanta is dealing with a lot of injuries, starting safety Ricardo Allen, Safety Keanu Neal, linebacker Deion Jones, guard Andy Levitre, all on injured reserve. Okay. Atlanta's defense holds all over it right now. The back door is going to be wide open. And Cincinnati is relatively healthy. Even last week, playing without Joe, a lot of people were worried. It was enough to keep me off the game in Carolina. And fortunately, it worked out for me because I would have taken Cincinnati. But the run game was fine without Nixon. Bernard averaged 5.1 yards per carry. I think this is too many. I think this is simply too many points to give a good Bengals team. A lot of people don't like to bet on them. People hate Andy Dalton all the time. That's fine with me. I'll keep backing them, and they'll keep covering spreads for me. Yeah, for me, uh, I I don't know what what I like about this game. 
because even though the Falcons lost, lost and they probably shouldn't have, they also scored tons of points in the red zone that they don't normally don't do. I mean, Matt Ryan throws for five TDs. I just think the Bengals D is pretty good. I actually don't know if I like the shootout at uh, or the over the 52s because I think the Bengals D is pretty good. I think if the Bengals get up, they're going to try and be conservative. They'll actually try and run the clock. Like Falcons just have one speed. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the game at all. I think I would completely stay away from it. Uh, Cincinnati's looked good. I'm just still not completely sure who they are. And Atlanta, they could have a huge bounce back game. You know, they put up tons of points. And usually if you put up stats like that, you still are going to fall off a little bit the next week. But yeah, I just I, I, this is a complete stay away game for me. I I really don't know who I could pick on this. Boy, I think you're onto something with that under. I, I really do. We're seeing it, it, we're seeing a lot of fifties pop up in the NFL this year in totals. Offenses seem to be just exploding. I haven't run the numbers yet. I'm sure there's a small uptick in scoring. Fifty two for this game might be a little high. You know, I hate I hate playing the over. Excuse me, I hate playing the under when I have a bad defense involved with the Falcons. But I think you're right. Bengals being on the road, if they get a lead, I think they're going to try and pound the rock, take the air out of the football, and run that clock. I think there could be some value on the under. I I, I don't bet a lot of totals in the NFL, but I, I think you might be on to something there. But, uh, all right, next game we got Bills at Packers. Packers are minus 10, and the total is 45. I'll let you start. Do you have a play in this game? Uh, <clears throat> I think, uh, you know, the Bills, I, I would have taken last week. I'll, t- uh, I'll the take Vikings. my victory lap later. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have taken the Vikings. <laughs> I, I I think the Bills are still terrible. I think Josh Allen is still not going to be very good. <laughs> the Packers, D, though, isn't very good. They're terrible. Clay Matthews keeps getting the worst called roughing the passers I've ever seen in my life. Uh, mine's at nine and a half, nine and a half, ten, no matter what, is a ton of points. Even though Green Bay lost last week, I think they actually come out just slinging. I think I think uh, one, one, and one is not a good start, not what they wanted, even though I think that that's exactly what their roster is. Besides Aaron Rodgers, I think their roster is completely mediocre, if not a bottom feeder. Uh, but I think they come out hot as hell in this game, losing to Washington a team they think they were better than, they get it home, they play a bad Bills team. I think they end up covering the spread. One thing I'll say about the Bills is all throughout the offseason, right, all the Sharps, all the pundits were talking about how bad the Bills were, how they're the worst team in the NFL. And I don't, I, I'm not making the case that they're good. But they won nine games last year and they made the playoffs. And they're sitting here at one and two. A lot of good teams are at one and two in the NFL. And all of a sudden, they won a huge game at 17-point dogs. They blow out the Vikings, and they've got this rookie quarterback. I, I don't know how good Josh Allen is going to be, but he was, he's better than Ty, he might be better than Tyrod Taylor. might be able to take more chances down the field and actually push the football. I would be, I would be wary betting against the Bills here with this, giving up this many points just because I, I think they're probably as high as they're going to be from a mental standpoint. I really do. They're not going to win another game as big as the Vikings game. And all of a sudden they've got this jolt of energy from starting a rookie quarterback. We're going to see the same team 
with the Browns putting in Baker Mayfield. You're already seeing tons of quotes coming out of their locker room. Jarvis Landry talking about, you know, how impressed he's been with the guy from day one. So I, I, I'm not going to bet this game. I hate laying double digits. I hate laying over a touchdown in the NFL. And I'm I'm not totally sold on the Bills, but I would be weary betting against them because I think this is a good spot for them. Do you have an opinion on the total? 45 seems a little low, but that being said, <laughs> you could see the Bills put up, you know, 14 or 17 points, something like that. Yeah, I mean, they may not – they go and do what they did last week. They may not score a freaking point this week. So, I, I wouldn't want to touch the over-under because I doubt that Bills offense that was that good shows up again. But, you know, it's been a weird-ass NFL, so it, it could possibly happen, I guess. Sure. All right, where are we going next? Uh, I don't really care to discuss Jets Jaguars unless you have anything on. Them. Um, I, I do have I, a pick I, on the game, so I'll do a quick if you're not that interested. But uh, I do want to yeah, get on I, that's another game I'm not on. So yeah, go ahead. I love the Jets at plus seven and a half. So I thought the Jaguars looked pathetic last week in their nine six loss to Tennessee at home. The Jags had just eighty seven rushing yards, and that's kind of what they hang their hat on just 145 yards through the air. And then on the other side of the field, the Jets were up 14-0 visiting Cleveland. And they were the road team on Thursday night, so we know that's a tough spot. Not a single cover by the road team on Thursday night yet this year. And on top of that, they had a rookie quarterback with a short week. So I think that was a really bad spot for the Jets. That's why I took the Browns on a you know late pick before that game. And now all of a sudden the Jets – are in a good spot in this game because they have a long week to prepare. Money's coming in on the Jets. I think some some sharp action is pushing this line down. It opened at 10.5, now it's 7.5. And, and the Jets have a pretty damn good defense, third in the league, depending on what kind of stats you like to look at. And I, I think this is a good spot for them, and I think they can definitely keep it close. And I might even sprinkle a little bit on the money line there. I think they could win the game outright. We, we know the stats about underdogs winning the game outright when they cover this year. So I like the Jets plus seven and a half. Yeah, it's just I I, I don't know what Blake or yeah, what Blake Bortles is gonna show up. I don't know what to say about the Jets, what Sam Darnold's gonna show up. Are they gonna like the first half of last week they're running it down the throats uh of uh of the Browns all on the left side. And then for some reason they go away from it and do a weird, weird uh, running offense of check down passing the second half. I don't know. I, I, the Jets also just had to play three games in 11 days, but I, I just, there's nothing I like about this game. If I had to, I'd probably take Jets, Jets seven and a half, but Blake Bortles, I just don't know. He's so hit or miss. I mean, all of a sudden he could be something great again. I don't know. I don't, I don't get that team at all. So I'd, I'd have, I just, there's no way I can bet on it. If, if I know you're not totally sold. I'll make one last sales pitch to you. The total is 38 and a half. You're taking a team getting seven and a half points when we're expecting a, a very low scoring game. It's probably the lowest scoring game on the slate so far. This might be a game that you would tease up and go ahead and take the Jets plus 13 and a half, combine the time together with another underdog getting plus six points. I think that might yeah, be the I like way that. to go here. What do you think? Yeah, I like that. I could do it right with the next game with the Buccaneers and give them nine points against the Bears, who I think they went outright on. 
Wow, that's okay. Why don't you start there? It sounds like you have a pick in the game, and I, I think you're on the something. <laughs> yeah, I love the Buccaneers <laughs> in this spot. Uh, the Bears' offense is terrible, and the Buccaneers' defense is really good. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is a bust. I thought he was in the first place. I think he always, I, I still think he's going to be. He hasn't done anything besides throw interceptions and stall out the Bears' great defense. If they even had a somewhat somewhat decent quarterback, I think they could be undefeated. Um, could be one of the best teams in the NFL, but they don't. They got Trubisky back there, who's no good. Buccaneers' defense is good. Uh, there, I think Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's thrown 400 yards, even though, yeah, he threw a couple interceptions. Uh, two of them, I wouldn't even say, were his fault. He had no time to throw. One, he got his hand hit while throwing. The other one uh, bounced off his receiver. So, and then a couple of his receivers dropped touchdowns, so like wide open touchdowns. Um, that won't happen again. I think the Buccaneers might end up. I know the Bears' defense is really good. He's not going to probably throw for 400 yards, but I think they win the game outright and doesn't give Jameis a chance to step into the starting role again yet for at least another couple of weeks. I don't think there's any doubt that Jameis that uh, James Winston is going to stay on the bench. I mean, I know that I know the Bucks lost last week, but it was close. And Fitzpatrick, you know, he's going to throw a few interceptions, but at least he drives the ball down the field. Unlike Mitch Trubisky, who outside of the first couple of series when they're scripting the plays for him. He looks like a deer in headlights. He just he's unable to find his second and third receivers, which is really how you make your money in this league. So I agree with you. I think Mitch Trubisky is I, I think he's going to be a bust. He's he's only in year two, so he still has time to develop. But man, if this Bears team had a, a quarterback that was just a little bit better, because their defense is legit, and so they're going to be in some games. But I I I think this is going to be my best bet. I'm going to go ahead and tease up the Jets. Do 13 and a half. I'm going to take them and tie them to the Buccaneers, teasing up to nine. That's my best bet for the week. <laughs> nice. I like it. All right. And we, we jumped over this game. So uh, let's head back to the Lions at the Cowboys. I've got a pick oh, in this yeah, game. I didn't even that. The number's three, 43 and a half the total. Uh, I'll let you start, and then I'll jump in. And I'll give my pick for the contest. Uh, I actually, after pretty much like a Super Bowl win for the Lions, they're in their locker room celebrating with Matt Patricia after winning a single game. Um, I think they, they're too high on themselves right now. The Cowboys have looked bad, like extremely bad, but their only win was at home. They're at home again. Um, getting three points versus a team who's probably took too much uh, – celebration into one victory uh, I think the Lions come back to earth this week the Cowboys have a pretty good defense I think the Cowboys end up sneaking out that minus three um, the over under is tight I, I would probably want to go towards the under on that uh, just because of the way the Cowboys D is and I think the Lions offense goes back to what it normally is uh, streets the best so I like the Cowboys minus three though for sure so here's what you need to know for this game. Sean Lee, his injury status. If he's going to yep. play, I'm staying off the game. If he's not playing, I'm all over Detroit plus three and a half if I can find it, and I'll probably take him in the contest too. I'm worried about the spot for Detroit because you're right, they're coming off what's probably going to be their biggest win of the season. Matt Patricia beating his old head coach, Belichick. Huge win for Detroit. There's no doubt about that. But – the Sean Lee injury can't be overstated. 
And Dallas has done Dallas's defense has been absolutely horrible without him. So in five games that Sean Lee missed last year, Dallas's defense gave up 32 points per game. With Sean Lee, just 18. So a massive difference. He's the middle linebacker. He calls all the plays. He's the quarterback on defense. And so the Cowboys, they've been getting blown out without Sean Lee. So that's that's the key handicapping factor for me. And if he's out, I'm all over Detroit. If he's in, just going to enjoy the game. Yeah, I get what you're saying there. Um, and that that has always worked out. But they finally, I guess, I don't know, he hasn't played too much yet, uh, but he finally has a kind of capable backup, I guess. I mean, they drafted him high. He better be capable, right? So maybe that won't hurt as much <laughs> now. Uh, but we'll, we'll, it's a wait-and-see kind of thing. But, yeah, if Sean Lee doesn't play it, they just aren't very good. But I think it might not matter against the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It will certainly be interesting to find out. Next we have Eagles at Titans. Eagles are laying four on the road. The total's 42. Kind of a weird game for me. I don't have a whole lot to say. I don't like I don't like laying four on the road, especially with the Eagles. I think uh, Carson Wentz, I'm still worried about how effective he can be. He's got that knee brace on, and last week against the Colts, you know, he, he looked pretty good. He looked about 85% to me. But on some of those movements in the pocket, he looked kind of inhibited. So I, I'm just not sure. I can't lay points with the Eagles on the road right now. I'm, I'm off this game. Do you have anything for us? Yeah, I actually think the Titans, I don't know how they've been winning games. I think every every moment I watch them, I'm like, this team is so fucking awful how do people keep letting them stay in the game and what it's reminding me of right now is Tim Tebow when he was with the Broncos like the team was so bad but for some reason nobody could ever pull away and then they would win at the end of the game like that's what the Titans are doing right now it's blowing my mind I don't understand what's happening they are a very bad team Marcus Mariota is becoming a very bad quarterback um I just I don't get it at all uh so I'm gonna continue not getting it I guess and I actually love the Eagles minus four. And I think Wentz comes in. Uh, I think he got a game under his belt. He'll be more loose, be more open. He now knows that that knee isn't bothering him. I think he starts a little bit get out of his mind. I think it's always going to be there for at least a couple more games. Uh, but, yeah, I, so I love the Eagles minus four. And I don't know if Tennessee even scores. I kind of like the under as well. But for now, I would just lock in the Eagles minus four. All right, sounds good. Moving on to a nice NFC West matchup, Seahawks at Cardinals. Game over. Nice, yeah. Take them. Money coming in game. on the Seahawks. And, and, and in my opinion, the money is right here. Cardinals looked awful last week. They, uh, head coach Steve Wilkes doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. You know, they have a chance to win the game against the Bears, and then they put in Josh Rosen with just a couple minutes left. It's like, if you're going to put in the rookie because you're sick and tired of what what you're seeing from Bradford, why not go to him at halftime? At least he has some time to prepare and uh, look over some screenshots that they have. So it, it just – the Cardinals don't seem to be a team that knows what they're doing. And I, I think Steve Wilkes might be one and done here. So I've got – I've got a pick in the game. I like Seattle minus three and a half. And – it's really all about Arizona and their lack of offense. They're averaging just 132 yards 
through the air and 58 yards on the ground, not going to get it done in today's NFL. They they have the offense of a, of a team from 30 years ago. Now, Seattle hasn't looked all that great either. I think a lot of people are down on them because the Legion of Boom is, is certainly over. But they don't have to travel too far. And the road teams won both matchups last season between these two squads. Seattle has the experienced coaching staff. And I think they're going to be able to pounce all over Josh Rosen. I'm not a believer. A lot of people said he was the most pro-ready quarterback coming into the year. I kind of disagree. I think Sam Darnold was the most pro-ready quarterback, and so far he's he's looked uh, to be able to handle the NFL game. For Seattle, key injury here is Doug Baldwin. It's whether or not he's going to play. Based on what I'm reading from the local papers, he is going to try. He was limited in practice today, and so if he plays, he he definitely adds a huge – he's he's a big playmaker for Russell Wilson. And then just you know, more of a broad point here, Pete Carroll, one of the more underrated coaches to bet on. If if you blindly bet on every single Pete Carroll game, he's 68 and 55 against the spread. That's a very healthy winning margin. He's one of those guys, I, I, he's able to keep this team together, even though they have a little bit of locker room drama this year. But I like Seattle laying the points on the road. Uh, <clears throat> for me, I... I like the value because it's plus 100, so you're not laying any juice at the three and a half. Um, Seattle, I think it took a little – their offensive line, for some reason, is always horrible, and Pete Carroll never gets them an offensive line, and I don't understand why. Uh, so I think Arizona's defensive line might might get some a lot of pressure on uh, Russell, but that 38 and a half, it's so hard to bet. Uh, an over-under in the 30s. I, I almost always take the over when they're in the 30s just because it's pretty easy to hit. I mean, you would think it's pretty easy to hit, but uh, Car- Cardinals, yeah. I don't think Wilkes will be one and done uh, just because I think they'll give him a little bit more time, but that was just a, a horrendous idea to put Rosen in with to go down and win the game in his first ever appearance. Like, I get they can say that the guy's calm and cool and, and you know, and he's collective and he's a, he's a great prospect and he's looked awesome, but you just don't do that to somebody uh, in their first ever start versus a very, very good Bears defense. Uh, you had, you should have left Bradford in. He got you 14 points already. You let him close that game out. And and then you, you know, if he doesn't get the win, you're like, Hey, he didn't get the win. We're moving on to Rosen. Uh, that, that oh, reason I think Wilkes will stay for a little while is that that roster is awful. The offensive line is terrible. Uh, their only receiver is Larry Fitzgerald, who's almost 40. Their running back just came back off an of injury, didn't play at all last year, who is very good, but he's the only thing. But they have no line to block for him. Their defense is extremely old besides their defensive line. Uh, they got rid of Honey Badger. Um, Patrick Peterson's getting up there in age, even though he still looks like he's doing just fine. But the offense is just unbelievably bad. I just don't know how you could ever bet on the Cardinals especially in, the, in Rosen's uh, first game. I think Rosen in the long term is going to be very good. I think it will be easy to put around him. I think next year, his sophomore year, I think he's actually going to end up having a great year once he gets all the system under his belt. And, you know, they even get even somewhat protection around him. I think he'll have a really good year. He can really toss the ball. But I like the Seahawks as well, plus the value of being plus 100 right now. Uh, I would have to go to the Seahawks for my three and a half as well. Yeah, Sam Bradford didn't even have a bad game. I mean, if you look at the players around him, horrible offensive line. David Johnson didn't do anything, just just 31 yards on the ground. 
And Bradford was still 13 of 19, 160 yards, through two touchdowns. I, I, I think if you're going to take him out, again, take him out of half. You get jo- Josh Rosen some time to kind of, you know, mentally prepare for what he's about to do. You don't put him in an unwinnable spot against a very good Bears defense. So agreement there. We both like Seattle. All right. Next we have Browns at Raiders headed over to the AFC. Raiders are minus three at home. They're 0-3, but we talked about it before the show. They've had a chance to win every single game they've been in, the Raiders. They've led in the third quarter in all three of these games. So it's it's one of those things where, you know, I, I haven't been paying attention to the Raiders all that much. I worry about some of the drama and, you know, whether or not co- players are looking around, coaches are looking around at this Jai Gruden contract. And if they're concerned, he's just not getting the job done. But then on the other side of the coin is they're close in all these games, so maybe that's a source of optimism here. Browns, meanwhile, they're off of a huge win. First first win as a favorite in, what, 650 days or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield looked great. I think we have to be a little bit cautious about how, how, how excited we're going to be about Baker Mayfield. There's an advantage built in when you come into a game and a defense hasn't prepared for you. Tyron yep. Taylor was being prepared for. Baker Mayfield was not. And Todd Bowles players got him in trouble there, too. So, go for this game. I think the numbers are about right. I would probably look Raiders. I, I'm, I'm going to go contrarian here because I, I think this is maybe as high as it's going to be for the rounds. I like their roster. I like Cleveland's roster a whole lot. I think their defense has some playmakers on it. And uh, Jarvis Landry can certainly uh, make some plays on offense. But I, I think the Raiders absolutely have to get a win. They can't fall to 0-4. They're at home. And the Browns are off maybe their best win of the season. So I think it's a good spot for Oakland to cover the spread. But I'm going to stay away from this one. Yeah, for me, I think the Raiders, I think most of all the drama that's created right now is the media creating the drama. I don't think there's that much drama really in the Oakland locker room or anything like that. Like you said, they've had the lead in every single game in the third quarter. They've, their offense has looked good. Uh, their defense has contained for a long time, periods of time until the end of the game when it comes down to closing time, uh, which would be great if we had Cleo Mack because that's what he did when we were good and went 12-4. and four. But... <clears throat> So yeah, so that that's that hurts, but I think a lot of the drama, like I said, is media based. I think Baker Mayfield, exactly what you said, it came in into a spot where nobody was ready for him to be in. Everybody got too hyped on something, uh, about, you know, versus another bad team. Um, I'm not gonna blow my lid on what Baker Mayfield did. He did make some great throws, but now uh, he could still get a couple of games off where he does really good because still nobody has filmed a really game plan against him. Uh, but I think once it gets cold, Baker starts to really struggle. He's not big enough to play in cold weather and in that division. Um, also, key thing in that game that I, I noticed, and you liked, you liked my tweet. Other people think I'm crazy, but I think Tyrod Taylor him, checked himself out of that game. I don't think he was hurt. I don't think he had a concussion. I agree. I, think, I agree. I think he was sick of hearing everybody chant Baker. He, he was just done and over with it and was like, you know what, this is the second team I've been on that's disrespected me two years in a row. I don't want to be a part of this anymore and, and checked himself out. That, that's what it looks like to me. I think he's completely fine. That's what happened. Baker came in, 
they're they're on it. They're just kind of like uh, uh, the Lions. They're on an extreme high for just a regular season win. Uh, the Raiders have looked good. Derek Carr has actually played really good besides his interceptions. His completion percentage is extremely high. Uh, he's looking good. I think he's finally starting to click a little bit with Gruden's offense. Um, I just, for some reason, late in games, Gruden starts trying to get conservative and run it when we have the lead, when I think he should leave it a little bit more into, into Carr's hands, even though he did throw a pick in the red zone again against the Dolphins to try and tie the game or I don't remember, or take the lead again, either way. Um, but so, yeah, I I actually like the Raiders here. Uh, it's minus three on mine, another plus, you know, plus 100, so you're not laying any juice. I like it a lot. I would probably take – I'm going to take the Raiders here. Um, that's what I would say. Cash it in. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor had 19 yards passing. He completed yeah. 28% of his passes versus the Jets. And – he didn't get much help from his offensive line, but he's never been a guy who can make his second and third read. He just has a very hard time. You know, he's only six foot one. He has a hard time seeing over the offensive line. So if, if his first read isn't there, he takes off and runs, but he's not all that big. So he can't take a whole lot of punishment. And he was awful in that game And Cleveland. Look, they're sick and tired of losing. And they spent a massive amount of draft capital first overall pick. And uh, Baker Mayfield right behind him. So I think Taylor was an unwinnable spot there. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'm not sure if he's totally faking, but I think if he's lying on the ground there and, and kind of trying to decide, hey, should I get back up and tough it out like Big Ben or take myself out of the game, he probably leans towards the latter. So uh, in agreement there. Your point on Derek Carr and, and the Raiders, like we said, they've been in every single game. They've had a chance to win. And – in the NFL, it comes down to can you find a way to win 10 games? And you're going to be in a ton of close games where it comes down to the last drive of the game and you just have to find a way to make that key third down stop. You have to find a way to make that turnover or complete that third down as a quarterback. And so, you know, looking at the numbers, Derek Carr's had a pretty good season. He's sixth in the NFL in yards per attempt behind some pretty good players. Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, all ahead of him. So he's in good company. I think he's bounced back from his injury. Maybe he has a tendency to dance around in the pocket a little bit, uh, worried about his knees. But I, I think for the most part, he's he's back. And I, I agree. I think this is a winnable game, but I think the number's right here. Maybe maybe you go ahead and tease this game. We talked about the success of teasers so far in the NFL. Underdogs, if you tease underdogs with two-team six-point teasers, there's something crazy like 42 and four of 48, something crazy like that. Um, excuse me, 20 of 28. And so I think this might be another good opportunity to take the Raiders and teaser. And other than that, I've got no other opinions on the game. So next we have 49ers at Chargers. Chargers are 10 and a half. Another huge number in the NFL. Totals 46 and a half. Tons of money coming in on the Chargers. Of course, Jimmy Garoppolo not going to play. He's out for the season. The one key takeaway I have from this one is, you know, I would be worried about backing the Niners. I, I love taking double-digit points with good coaches. I think Mike Shanahan is uh, – excuse me, Kyle Shanahan is definitely one of the better offensive lining coaches in football. But I'm worried about backing them because I think their mentality might be completely shot. 
I mean, you remember back the last year, they won one game without Jimmy G. And as soon as he comes in, they win five in a row. And so everyone's saying how Jimmy G is the savior and he's the only reason they're winning games. And without him, they're screwed because the roster isn't all that good. Well, now he's gone again, and they got to go to C.J. Beathard, who was not all that great last year, not one of the better backups. Kind of interesting that they still have the guy as their backup because there's so many good players floating around like Chase Daniels and Colt McCoy and Teddy B that you could sign to back up Jimmy G. The 49ers did not do that. So that's my key takeaway here is I'm worried about the 49ers and their mentality. Do you have any questions about their mentality headed to this matchup? Uh, No, not really. It's a game – just because the Chargers, they're they're due to probably finally win and cover, but I I just don't like that spot. Um, they'll probably blow them out. I hate the ten and a half. Yeah, it's almost impossible to bet bet on them. Um, I would probably have to lean towards taking the Chargers as well. C.J. Beathard, I'm a big Hawkeye fan. He played for Iowa. Um, he's he was a good quarterback in college, but there's just no way he's going to be able to get it done in the NFL. Uh, that especially on that quick, he didn't play that well when he played before Jimmy G came in. Um, so yeah, I'd probably have to go with the Chargers. They're due to have a good game. They haven't put anything together really this year. So yeah, but the Chargers they have no, they have basically no home field advantage, right? When they play the Rams, I mean it's all it's all LA Rams fans in there, and many times you see when they're at home, for example, when they're playing the Steelers, it, it's more. Uh, black and gold than their own colors. It's 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 crazy to play in a soccer stadium, to not get very yeah. loud. So they they just don't have much of a home field advantage. Hard yeah, when the Raiders are home. there, it's all Raiders. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on. Saints at Giants. Saints are laying three and a half on the road. Totals forty nine, and you know Giants have have surprised me with a couple of wins this year. I still think Eli Manning is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. He's going to go into the Hall of Fame. I I really do. I I really think so. He's won two Super Bowls, and he's won a ton of games. But he's just just such a roller coaster week in and week out. And the Giants' offense as a whole as well. I mean, Saquon Saquon Barkley kind of bounced back last week. But his yards per carry still leaves a lot to be desired. So, I don't like the Giants. If I had to make a play in the game, I would take the Saints because I think they've got to play catch-up in the NFC South. There's going to be a ton of wins in that division, especially with the Buccaneers surprising people. And I think they got a huge confidence-boosting win in Atlanta last week. The game that I gave out was very happy to see that cover. And so I, I would I would put my money on Drew Brees and Sean Payton here. Yeah, I actually love the Saints here. I, I watched the Giants in person. They were awful. Um, I, I think they will continue to be awful. I think the Saints, another game, plus 100. No no laying juice if you take the Saints. Uh, I like the three and a half. I think the Saints, I don't think there's any way the Giants can keep up with the Saints' firepower. Uh, their offense is just stagnant at best. Uh, I think the Saints just run away because they can score so much more. I, I, that over-under, I wouldn't touch it. I think that's I don't, I don't know if the Giants can do anything to keep up to get that over-under going. I know that the Saints defense hasn't been good, but, I mean, Eli just can't do it. Um, OBJ hasn't helped the team since he's been back, doesn't even have a touchdown. 
so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. It's a I, I mean I would never want to bet on the Giants, so I would definitely take the Saints minus three and a half. That's that's the one I would go with. Right on. All right. So next we have a huge AFC North matchup. Ravens at Steelers. It seems like every time these teams play the number three, the home team's always favored by three. No one knows what to do with them. Total's a little bit higher than I expect. I would probably lean under 50 and a half. And I initially, I, I, I was about to give out the Ravens at plus three as one of my picks in the contest. I backed off a little bit because of the results on Monday night. I think the Steelers, all of a sudden, they have a bunch of confidence and they're back to uh, you know, back to even in, in the division, or, or they're back to striking distance in the division. And so I, I can't bet the game. Again, this might be a situation where you take the Ravens in a teaser, tease them up to nine points. These games are always close, so I, I think that's the way I would go. Yeah, for me, this is one of the games, one of the matchups every single year I avoid ever betting on. Uh, Whoever seems to be the worst team every year plays the other one really tough. Um, Steelers just got a big win. Uh, I agree with you. I couldn't touch this, uh, the the points. I would take the under of anything in this game. I think it's it's always a hard fought battle. Uh, even though the Ravens have one of the highest scoring offenses right now in the NFL, and sort of the Steelers, I just don't see it in this game. I think uh, for some reason they always game plan each other really well. Only thing I would ever touch in this game would be the under fifty and a half. All right, what do we got left? The last game, Monday Night Football. All right, and this happens to be my last pick, my fifth and final pick. Of course, we'll we'll give out all five of our picks after we're done breaking down this one. Chiefs at the Broncos. Chiefs riding high with Patrick Mahomes. Guy looks like Joe Montana. Guy looks like the best player in league history. Chiefs are minus five on the road. The total is massive. It's 55. I actually like the under in this game, and I'm taking Denver plus four and a half. So, main point in this game is Kansas City is very, very good, but their defense is not. They're last in the NFL, the Chiefs defense, in a number of categories. They give up 474 yards a game. They've already given up 1,088 uh, yards passing through the air. That's most in the league. And they've given up 31 first downs through three games. That's an NFL record nearly 31 points per game. And so they just, the back door is wide open in every single game. San Francisco had a chance to jump through it. And then you had the Jimmy G injury. Look, Patrick Mahomes, he's electric, but I think his numbers are unsustainable. 13 touchdowns, one interception. At some point, the, the kid is going to have a bad game. And I think if he's going to, this is a perfect spot for it. Denver has a fantastic home field advantage. They beat Seattle and Oakland at home in two of the first three games. And this is one of the first real defenses Patrick Mahomes has faced all year. I think they can throw some different things at him, some stunts, some blitzes, and, you know, get him off his game, get him off his spot. And Denver has been very good in the spot. 19 of 20, excuse me, 19 of 30 as a home dog. And that's what they're here, plus four and a half at home. I love the Broncos. Yeah, for me, 
I probably won't touch this game if I was going to have to. It's one of those things I said, if somebody's hot, they're hot. You got to kind of stay with them, which Kansas City is extremely hot right now. Um, I don't think Mahomes has thrown an interception yet. I think he's 13 and, and 0. I don't think he's thrown one yet. Um, oh, is he? Yeah, because I think it's one of the best starts ever. I don't, yeah, I don't think he's thrown an interception. But uh, Denver, though, has like a ridiculous great home uh, advantage in September for some reason. If you check, if you go Definitely. look at the stats, it's like unbelievable how much they cover or win at home in September. Uh, so it's hard to bet against them, even though I don't think they're that good of a team. I think Case Keenum, it was a horrible idea taking him. Uh, but I guess they really didn't have any options because Paxton Lynch ended up becoming a huge bust. Uh, so I'm sure you'll be looking to see them take a quarterback in this year's draft. Um, but so for me, I actually would have to stay away from the game. I agree kind of with your the over-under 55.5. I don't know if the Broncos have the firepower to keep up or to even put up enough points. And I think Kansas City might finally come back to reality during this, this game just because of the altitude, the home field advantage of the Broncos and all that. Uh, so if I was going to do anything, I'd probably just stay away uh, if I did, I'd take the under. All right, that wraps it up for me. I've given out all five of my picks. And I think we've covered Don't all give the them games. Out yet. No, we're uh, we're gonna do my normal little hiccup before we give out the five. I gotta talk about some college football. It's what I've been doing the best. All right, get it out of your system. Yeah, gonna <laughs> give, give out some games. I'm going to give the first ever on this show. <laughs> boomer, boomer guarantee. Get your money in on Okie State minus seventeen. Versus Kansas, it is a boomer guarantee lock. Kansas is terrible. Okie State just lost a game they should have never lost. They put up tons of tons of points. Kansas is nowhere going to be able to keep up. It it could be like forty something to like fourteen by the time this game's over. It's only seventeen. I can't believe it's that low. Boomer guarantee. Lock it in. Go home. Bet it. Cash in this. But. <laughs> A couple, a couple other games I really like is Clemson's played Syracuse. They're now starting Trevor Lawrence. Kelly Bryant is transferring. Um, Kelly or Lawrence is a freshman. He was like one of the best uh, QBs. He came in. Bryant was great last year uh, as a junior. He's a senior this year. Uh, he's going to redshirt and transfer somewhere. He was really good last year, but that's just how good this Trevor Lawrence is. They're playing Syracuse, who plays absolutely no defense. Clemson's due to finally have a big game when they put up a lot of points. Uh, I like the over of 67 in that game. And then uh, West Virginia was my team before anybody. I loved them early this year. I think they win the Big 12. I think they have a shot at the playoffs. They could go undefeated. They're a really good team. Their quarterback and their receiver were preseason All-American. They're playing a Virginia Tech team that just lost their quarterback and lost straight up to Old, Old Dominion University, which is unbelievable. Can't believe that it happened. Um West Virginia minus three and a half at Vautech without their quarterback. West Virginia will win big. Get in on West Virginia. And then the last game, I'm going to go on both sides of this. I know it's never good to bet the game and the over under, but you got to, you got to watch this game because it's going to be awesome. This is Ohio state versus Penn state. Penn state is going to be all geared up. They're going to probably have the wide out going on. Um, but I just don't, I think Trace's story isn't as good without, 
Uh, Barkley, I think Haskins might be the best quarterback Urban Meyer's ever had. I said it last year he should have been playing over J.T. Barrett, and I think they would have made the playoffs and been maybe the best team in all college football if Haskins would have played last year. J.T. Barrett was one of the biggest pieces of shit I've ever seen in my life. I don't know why Urban Meyer kept playing him. OSU minus three and a half at Penn State. You got to take it. And the over of 70 and a half. Both of them are two of the highest a top five highest uh, scoring teams right now, offenses in all of America. I don't think it changes. Uh, Joey Bosa, or Nick Bosa, sorry, Joey Bosa's little brother, Nick Bosa, uh, who's the best DN for Ohio State, is injured, tore his quad, had surgery. He's, he won't be back for at least a couple more weeks. That even opens up their defense to be even more vulnerable. Over 70.5 is big. That's what I would do. But I think all those are winners. My college has been hot. But the Boomer guarantee, get in on that Okie State minus 17. <laughs> and and now we can do our pick five. Man, you're, before you do the college thing, you get the money sign and the cash register noise. And then I get the, <laughs> I get the, the ominous, you know, funeral, hell's bells. Uh, it yeah, doesn't matter. Means, these that means we're serious. <laughs> we're coming, baby. These picks are going at least three and two. I really think we're we're about to uh, run hot here. I love our picks this week. Cincinnati plus four and a half at Atlanta. Cincinnati is getting too many points for a good team with a good offense. And Atlanta, the back door is going to be wide open. They got injuries all over their secondary. Uh, one of their starting guards is out. Cincinnati plus four and a half. Detroit plus three and a half at Dallas. Look, Dallas is off a loss. And Detroit is off a massive upset win. But Sean Lee is out. He's the most important player for the Cowboys outside of Dallas Prescott. Take Detroit, catching points on the road. Then you got the New York Jets plus seven and a half at Jacksonville. The Jets might win the game outright. I like the Jets straight up. I like them plus the seven and a half. I like them in a teaser. They're off a long week. You give them uh, Todd Bowles, a good head coach, extra time to prepare. I think they have a real good chance of winning the game outright. At Jacksonville, who's a little bit overrated right now. Seattle laying three and a half at Arizona. Arizona doesn't know what they're doing. They're starting a rookie quarterback. They have a rookie head coach. And Seattle doesn't have to travel travel very far. Take the better team. Take the better head coach and the better quarterback. Minus three and a half, Seattle. The last pick, Denver plus four and a half. Hosting Kansas City. Look, Kansas City is hot. They're as high as they're going to be all season. Patrick Mahomes is fantastic. But he's going to come down to earth, and he's going to have one of these games in his in his sophomore season. Denver getting plus four and a half points at home. They have a good defense. They have a fantastic home field advantage. They're going to cover the spread too. Denver plus four and a half. Those are my five winning picks this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, go away. All right. So for me. Uh, my pick five. I haven't had a winning week yet. I've gone two, two, and one. I've gone two and three, and I just went one and four. So if you're fading me, you're doing awesome. You might think of now if you weren't to fade me now, but I have a good feeling about this week. Of course, I'm always going to say that. Who doesn't think they're going to have a good week? Uh, but for me to start it off, I got the Packers minus nine and a half. Bills had a big win. They're not going to bounce back and do the same thing again. Packers had a big loss. And that they're due to put up some points. Packers minus nine and a half. 
Oakland minus two and a half versus Cleveland, another team that's coming off a, a really big victory going on the road. Baker's have, having to play the whole game so people can try and game plan for him for a little bit, uh, try and shut him down. Oakland is due to have a win after leading all the in all the games that they've been leading in. Uh, so Oakland minus two and a half. Then I got the Buccaneers plus three. I think they went out right. I think Chicago's defense is awesome, but their quarterback is awful. Uh, the rest of their offense is actually pretty good. They could probably take another wide receiver, but uh, their running backs are both really good. Buccaneers plus three. Saints minus three and a half. Uh, Got to love it. Just I, I don't see any way that it doesn't happen. And then Eagles minus four. Uh, that would be all my pick five for this week due to have a winning week. There you go. Let's have some tickets, Boomer. I also wanted to say something, too. My Raiders, who are 0-3, their next eight (laughs) games, their next eight games, they have a chance to put a string, a lot of wins together, including this week. They got the Niners without Garoppolo. They got the Chargers twice, and both of those are pretty much a home field advantage, so I think they can split there. Uh, They got Seattle, who I don't think is very good. And they got, uh, there's one other team. Oh, Cardinals, who's going to be having Rosenplant. So I think the Raiders here coming up could put a good string of games together that will hopefully get some confidence for their backstretch because their backstretch is really brutal. If they can split out there, they can have a decent season. Uh, maybe even slide into a spot because the AFC is wide open right now. Nobody's playing that great. Uh, but So for me, love the Raiders. Next eight games coming up. Hop on board. I'd start betting on them. They're due to get hot, baby. All right. I love it. Love and it. same with me and Cam. <laughs> Called cops because we oh, found by the way, shit on fire. <laughs> by the way, if anyone is blindly fading us, I really, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. I really want to hear from you. Tweet at me, at Cameron Covers and tell me which picks you're and no bad blood. I uh, Honestly, I, I respect you if you're able to catch me on a losing week. So just make sure to tweet at me if you're going to do it. Yeah, I agree. And I don't care if you come and tell me I suck or you hate me. I don't mind any of that either. So you can find me on Twitter at Live with Boomer. Uh, I know we also do some stuff every once in a while, write some articles. I have an ongoing top 25 in college football. Uh, Cam's written a couple different things on ProSportsExtra.com. So go check out our blogs. Uh, go check out what else is going on with the company. Uh, but other than that, I don't got nothing else, Cam. I'm I'm good to go. I'm feeling really good about these picks. And I gave out my first ever on this podcast, Boomer Guarantee. So hop on that sucker. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to catching that team with you, so. Can't wait to enjoy right. Thursday night football, and uh, we'll come back next week and, cl- and catch our tickets. Hell yeah. Peace.